0: It's Monday, April seventeenth. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. Joining me in studio today from Million Dollar Portfolio, Jason Moser, and from Stock Advisor Canada, Taylor Muckerman. As as our friends in Massachusetts would say, Happy Patriots Day. There you go, indeed. And good luck to anyone running the marathon right now. Yeah, yeah. hopefully they're listening to a
1: podcast or two.
0: Exactly. That happened last year. Last year or the year before, there was there was someone who was. Uh, who was listening? I think either to Market Follery or Motley Fool Money nice. while he was running, and so we, we we gave him a shout out that he listened to while he was running. We set his pace for him.
2: Yeah, All right. running towards <laughs> his financial. Independence. There it is.
0: Exactly. Um, <laughs> if anyone is actually listening, for the love of God, hydrate. It's seventy. Uh, it's seventy degrees in Boston <laughs> right now. <laughs> Take it from me, you definitely want to hydrate. Uh, earnings preview. Earnings season kicks off in earnest this week, and you know what? Before we get to the earnings preview, let me let me start with one little bit of news from over the weekend, which is um, uh, we did this with uh, with Beauty and the Beast with its opening weekend. So I think it's only fair to give a tip of the cap to the fate of the Furious, which hit over half a billion dollars worldwide at the box office. Uh, that's a Universal Picture. Comcast is the parent company. My God! How does
1: it keep doing
0: that? I, you know, it's funny because, I, and I haven't, I haven't seen any of these movies start to finish. I've, you know, you catch parts of them here and there. There, are, there are definitely fans here in the office. Greg Rabbledo, huge fan, <laughs> um, uh, among others here at the Fool. But there, you know, you saw these articles, a few of these articles in the lead up to the release of this movie, and a couple even after the fact that were essentially, hey, you know what? Fast and the Furious, it's time to stop making these movies. It's a tired franchise. You need to stop now. And it's like, you know what? No, not when it's making half a billion dollars and in the know, opening. You know, they we brought could, The Rock to, the, say, to the theater. I was going to say,
2: when you start getting feedback like that and you're thinking maybe your days are done, you throw The Rock in there and that guy can turn just about anything
1: around. <laughs> I swear he's in every movie they, these days.
2: Yeah, well, it's it's the year of The Rock. I mean, it's turning you know, into like the decade of The Rock, really. I mean, that guy has just, it's, it's his God. day in the sun. I mean, he's, he's, a wonderful actor. I mean, if you f- keep up with him, like on Twitter, I mean, he really does like he he engages. Yeah, he does. Yeah. And I think that's that's what people love to see is that social media today has has allowed this level of engagement that just didn't exist when we were growing up, Chris. Now Taylor, I think we're probably a little bit older than you still, yeah. but um, it it just did not exist back then. And I think that's what makes it so exciting, at, at least for. Um, a franchise like this that i, I mean I—I'm with you. I've not even seen. I've not seen any f- part of, of. I don't know the premise other than like of the cars last one fast, or all of them. Any of yeah, them? Yeah, I, I watched I know the first like one,
1: maybe the second one. Cars going it.
2: fast, and I think Allison Southwick's tweets were talking about stolen <laughs> DVD players or something. But yeah, I, you know, I mean, I don't. I think, I think it, that I think that was the plot of the very yeah, first yeah. The story doesn't matter. I mean, first we're one. talking about action. We're talking about something where people can get together and share. And experience and I mean you've got obviously an arsenal of of acting in that movie. We're just people. I mean, it's it's easy to be a fan of something like that. It's and, fun. What is it? Eight, nine, nine movies now? Yeah. They made just, eight and I think, yeah.
0: half a billion dollars at the box office opening weekend tells me really good chances gonna be a ninth one.
2: Good unbridled fun. And uh can't blame anyone for that.
0: Not at all, and certainly not the shareholders of Comcast
2: who are like, "Yeah, bring on number nine, bring on number 10. Well, the crazy thing is, I it seems like on paper I should be going to those movies, and instead I'm at Cinderella, Beauty and, Beauty and, Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's like I'm a little girl, I guess. But <laughs> such is the life of a father with daughters, right?
0: Well, yeah. Although, I mean, given given your love, your strong stated affinity on this podcast for the Smokey and the Bandit movies, <laughs> I think Fast and the Furious. I think that's the modern-day version of Smokey and the Bandit.
2: I I, well, now you've piqued my interest to the point where I'm (laughs) going to have to at least see the first.
0: All right, let's get to uh, an earnings preview and all the public companies that are out there. And Taylor, I'll just start with you. What is a company that you're curious to see their results, uh, either for good reasons or for bad? But we'll get to who needs a hit in a few minutes. But in terms of, boy, I, I really don't know. What's going to happen with their next report? What's a company that you're looking at? So I'm going with the tandem Visa, MasterCard,
1: because India went ahead and stripped out two thirds of the currency, physical currency, in their circulation uh, about six months ago. So we saw a little bit of uh, impact in the fourth quarter of 2016, but um, digital payments way up in, in India, but card digital card payments, not so much. So, I'm interested to see how Visa and MasterCard are going to address this issue, because this market is potentially huge, with only about 2% of transactions taking place um, non-cash. And you're looking at uh, the government trying to hit 25 billion non-cash transactions from March of this year to March of next year. And to put that into a little bit perspective, Americans average about 8.6 billion non-cash transactions per month. So, India is still way behind, but they're trying to get more point of sale uh, terminals out there to more rural areas to increase the availability for non cash transactions in India. So, and, India, and Visa and MasterCard are currently lobbying the government because the government is coming out with government sponsored ways to pay without cash. And a lot of these are bypassing cards, they're using QR codes or trying to use fingerprint identification. So Visa Mastercard maybe starting to get a little worried about a market that they probably bet a lot of their future on with over a billion people in India and and the the dearth of non-cash transactions. So big part of their future plans up to about 6 months ago and now they're probably wondering how the heck they're going to really attract this market with now the government getting involved.
0: It is interesting to see because those are two companies, kind of like Home Depot and Lowe's, that tend to track one another in terms mm-hmm. of their results. They're not identical, of course, but they they do tend to move in the same direction. Yep. And and I, I I like that you're sort of doubling down because it basically doubles the chances that India is going to come up on on the conference calls.
1: I would hope so because I mean it's only six months removed, and and like I said, you've seen the original bump. Was to debit and credit cards, but now start starting 2017, non-card payments without cash have really taken the lead, and that's because the government has stepped in and and provided different options for Indians to use um, outside of your traditional
0: debit or credit card. Jason, what about you?
2: Um, so I I think I'll go ahead and say with honorable mention here, I'm going to be very interested to see what Snap, you yeah. know, looks like <laughs> when they, when they release uh their Snap their is the honorable mention. Yeah, that's the honorable mention. I mean, I, I don't. I'm not expecting big things. I think probably, um, you know, it's hard to sort of believe that these guys can paint any kind of a growth story of a Facebook esque proportion in the market would have you believe that today. I, I I just can't help but wonder if maybe they're going to have to kind of figure out a way to wrap a bow around. Maybe some questionable growth prospects there. So that that'll be just interesting to see their first call, how they sort of present themselves, what kind of metrics they use and whatnot. But for the also one tied th-
1: to India, though, I guess the, uh, the CEO of Snap uh, called it the whole country of India poor, and he's taking some heat. Yeah, calls.
2: I mean, you know, I feel like he's he's probably made life a little bit more difficult on himself than he than he really needed to. He just he doesn't seem to quite have that level of maturity. Maybe that,
0: that's the thing I'm interested to see with Snap's yeah. call. It's 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 less the results. It's what is the demeanor of Evan Spiegel the CEO does he have someone on the call with does he have a Cheryl Sher- a Sandberg of his yeah. own to really help with the call or you know, or is he just going to fly solo from on the
2: hip Well, yeah, and I don't think he does now. And I mean, I think it's not to say that. I mean, Mark Zuckerberg certainly didn't have it nailed down from the very beginning either. As, I mean, we've watched him. You no, know, he didn't, but he of, had
0: a team in place. He
2: did, he did, and I think that's going to be important for Snap, um, especially as they pivot away from sort of this just you know sole identity of Snapchat and trying to become a camera company and whatever else they want to do. Um, it's just going to be an interesting sort of to play out, and the, the market obviously has uh, some some pretty lofty aspirations with the stock today but I think uh, you know we're about a year and a half a little bit more than a year and a half into when Chipotle's food crisis the health the health crisis came out you know I mean people uh, got sick with their e. coli concerns never really pinpointed exactly what happened and I think that was part of the problem was that uh, Chipotle's supply chain was so local and and not quite uh, as transparent perhaps as, as it should be. And, and so now we're you know, about a year and a half later, they are recovering nicely. It's been a very good year for the company. and, and particularly the last few weeks, the stock has really um, taken off. There have been some rumors out there that perhaps same-store sales are rebounding. Um, I, I think it's very tough not to rebound when you when you've been <laughs> when you've seen the abyss like they have. Yeah. Uh, you, you really at some point you have to be able to clear that hurdle. But I think it's also interesting to note, from the perspective that they now they have their their menu is completely GMO free. I, I think artificial ingredient free or whatever. You know, Steve Ells, the the founder and CEO, continues to get out there and tout this. They're the cleanest food company out there, and I think that's great. I think to a point though, you have to be very careful with this because that could turn out to be uh, ultimately something that. Cuts them again. I mean, if 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 they if they start serving up moldy tortillas because they don't have <laughs> preservatives, right? I mean, that's going to be just as bad, if not worse, because it's going to be yet another um, health scare that they may not be able to recover from. So it's it's been a very good year thus far. It seems like they're recovering. It seems like they're they're doing the right things to gin up traffic. Uh, I I think they they still have a very good product. The food is good. I think they still have, generally speaking, a pretty loyal customer base. I don't think we're going to see the same Chipotle that we were used to two years ago. I don't think we see a company trading at those lofty multiples anymore. But I do think there is still enough growth left in that restaurant concept that if they do recover those comp sales and we can see some accelerating traffic again, I mean, I've said it before, I think this is a stock that's $500 or better by the end of the year, as long as they can show that that, that growth is coming back, that traffic is coming back.
0: Well, and among other things, if you're Stephen Ellis, you just want to change the narrative. You would, yeah. you would love to have not just a solid quarter, but a, a, an above-average quarter that makes analysts and the media in general say, oh, OK, they are turning it around.
2: Yeah. And, and you've got Panera now that's going to basically be out of this game because they're going private. And so, Chipotle really is going to occupy sort of that limelight as being, they stand for something, it's the food with integrity. And, and again, I mean, I think that's fine, but there's a point in time where you need to just get off your pedestal, recognize the fact that you're a restaurant. People eat there, in most cases, they eat there because they like the food. I mean, we've, we've looked at this before, I mean, right. we've asked plenty of people, why do you go there? Most people go there because they like the food. So so, keep on serving up food that a people like and b doesn't make them sick. And I I like your chances.
0: Who needs a hit, Taylor? There are a bunch that need a hit. Yeah, there are. In your view, who needs a hit?
1: Um, I'm looking at Verizon, uh, and not because people are probably going to ask why did they call AOL and Yahoo Oath, but because um, in February they announced that they're going back to um, you know unlimited data. And uh, I was a Verizon customer years ago, left because they. They stopped grandfathering people into unlimited data that had it previously. Um, I jumped to T-Mobile, loved it. I'm with Google Fi now, love it. Uh, so, there's other options out there, and then you see at and jump on the unlimited data bandwagon shortly after. Um, you look at T-Mobile, over the last year, shares up uh, 64%, Verizon's down 5% over the last year. So. They've got a lot going on, and I think that the, I just want to hear them concentrating on what got them to where they are, and that's the mobile market. Uh, T-Mobile added a million customers in the fourth quarter versus 200,000 for Verizon. So I want to see what they're doing this quarter and and how they're going to handle the uh, the, the increased data demand now that people can use unlimited data. Uh, they obviously have one of the largest. Networks and infrastructure, but they have to pay for that somehow, and if people are using more data without the increased
0: cost, I want, I want to see what analysts
1: and, and CEOs have to say there.
0: All of these companies are spending so much money on television advertising. Oh my God, and maybe it's just the television that I'm watching, but I, I can't go you know a, one or two commercial breaks unless I'm seeing Sprint, Verizon. AT&T, T-Mobile,
1: and they're yeah. ever unimaginative. You see, Sprint taking T-Mobile or Verizon's old spokesman, "Can right. you hear me now, guy?" Yeah, and being their spokesperson, uh, just wearing a different color T-shirt. Yeah. So I mean, and they both dropped the mics now. It's 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 silly.
2: And I just don't know how loyal customers are to any of those. I mean, I think mm-hmm. generally speaking, like you have what you have, and you got it for whatever reason, you know, when you when you bought your phone or. However, that worked out. But I mean, at some point, it's kind of like a bank account, and mm-hmm. that you become it's a little bit too much war. I mean, you just don't want to go through having to deal with switching stuff over. I mean, yeah. it's really a nightmare dealing with any of those people on any level because it's just they're so big. I mean, the service just suffers. Yeah. Customer service, I mean. Um,
0: what about you, JMo? Uh,
2: so I, yeah, I'm looking there a lot. I mean, any retailer not named Amazon, <laughs> I think, needs a hit, <laughs> right? I mean, I think, uh, when you when you look at the the numbers today, I think it, at least this was by the end of by the beginning of April. Uh, there were nine retail brands at least that had already yeah. filed for bankruptcy this year alone, which was equal to all than, of last year. All of last year, yeah, <laughs> which is really amazing. And then if you go driving around and, and you see sort of the landscape of these strip malls or any kind of of, of big shopping mall, I mean, you kind of recognize that the The world really doesn't need a lot of these retailers. I mean, they just don't, and and so it really again goes to show the the work that Amazon has done, the bets that Amazon placed early on, and and really how those are paying off. and And I think the one retailer that we continue to follow that is really. Pretty about as close to Amazon proof as, as I can imagine is Home Depot. They don't need a hit because I think they keep on knocking it out of the park. It, yeah, they're more it's than a, just a single out it, of the Right, company, it's a retailer course. and a wholesaler all rolled into one. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think professional contractors make up about 3% of their actual customer base, but represent about 40% of overall revenue. And, and so, I mean, that's to say. You go to Home Depot on a weekend and and get something. Well, that's fine. But if you're hiring some contractor to come do some stuff at your house, well, they're likely getting their stuff from Home Depot as well. Uh, so this kind of all leads me back to housing, which I've of course had a lot to do with the housing market here this past quarter, Chris. And uh,
0: America, thanks you.
2: Yes, yes. And uh, I think uh, I look at Zillow, and I still can't figure out what their ultimate plan is. But I feel like they need to step up and and. Turn that business into something more than just a real estate advertising business because that at its core is what it is today.
1: And there's more of those out there nowadays. well, online, there yeah. there
2: are. and and I think it's okay you can exist just fine that way, but your growth is going to be very capped because the real money is is in the transaction, is in the process is in all of. The little, the little, uh, you know, points from A to B to C, and in, in connecting that transaction and getting it all completed. So I, I'd like to see at some point maybe Zillow taking that business a little bit deeper and becoming more than just sort of a real estate uh, advertising platform. And on the flip side of that, Ellie Mae, another business we follow, we own it in MVP. I own it personally. I mean, it's been just a phenomenal performer. It's the mortgage software side. Ellie Mae has been on a tear recently, and the big question there is. With interest rates going up slowly, but but they're still going up, and with the fact that maybe the housing market has kind of hit this point where I don't know how I don't know how much how much volume we can expect at least on the purchase side compared to the the refinancing that Ellie Mae has witnessed over the past seven, eight, ten years, are they going to be able to make up for that lost refinancing volume? I don't know. The stock price today is is indicating that maybe the market thinks it will. Um, or maybe that's just accounting for the fact that it's a very quality business with an awesome competitive position. Either way, uh, those are those are two companies that I'll be watching this quarter.
0: Any thoughts on Under Armour? Because that's the one that I look at and think, that, Holy I'd love God. to see a hit from yeah. them. <laughs> Holy cow! Do they need a hit? And
2: yeah. I, th- I thought about that, and, and the reason why I say they don't need a hit is because I think they pretty much got everything out of the way these past couple of quarters, and I don't expect. A hit from them immediately. I think we know um, it's going to take a few quarters for them to really sort of reset expectations and paint, I think, a, a, a realistic picture of what we should expect from this company in the coming years. And and so I don't think that they are in need of a hit. What I think they're in need of. Is is I mean I feel like they've thrown everything plus the kitchen sink at us and and we just don't need them to throw another kitchen sink, (laughs) right? I mean if they go in there and they say hey you know what all of these all of these investments in digital technology we're just writing that whole thing off seven hundred fifty million dollars wasted that would be a big problem. That's
1: MapMyFitness and all those right. right? I
2: don't expect that to happen. If that did happen, I think that would be. a crisis of epic proportions for yeah. that business, um, but I think they've gotten most of the problem, most of the problem out in front of investors, to where we shouldn't really expect any kind of surprise on that front. I think it's just going to be a, a bit of a road to get back to, to sort of uh, the 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 performer that, that we've come to know and love.
0: It was over a year ago. It was March of 2016 that Sports Authority announced that they were shutting down. Yeah, and I, was it this quarter last year or the fall? The the summer quarter, where Under Armour came. I, I want to say it was the summer quarter where Under Armour came out and said, "Oh, actually, the Under Armour, the the Sports Authority thing was worse than we originally thought." That means thought something it was. to us, yeah. I can't remember. Exactly I remember that that. it hit yeah. them but in the in this quarter, this upcoming quarter yeah. that they're going to report in a few weeks.
2: Yeah, I'm not sure about the timing, and I mean to that point. They've just recently started this new deal with Coles, to where they're going to have more Under Armour gear selling to, through more retail channels like that, and that's good. But then also, Coles is one of those physical retailers that yeah. we sort of I put I lumped that in that group of like, does the world really need a Coles? I mean, I don't know, maybe. But I mean, I think that Nike and Under Armour continue to invest a lot of money in their direct to consumer businesses, and I think that's good. Um, I think uh, the Under Armour app. Which uh, you can use to, to to order directly from Under Armour. It's pretty sharp. I just used it actually the other day to get a pair of golf shorts for the upcoming okay. member guest Chris. Just <laughs> uh, just about a month away now. I'm getting kind of excited, but yeah, I think uh, I think when you when you look at retail in general, the the businesses that are still investing in those direct to consumer operations are 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 doing the right thing by doing that, and I think that Under Armour will continue uh, to to do that for the foreseeable future.
0: Before we wrap up, gotta say thanks to. Tatiana Kildesheva, who sent us a little package with the note that says, "Dear fools, tropical greetings from the city of the future, Singapore." We don't grow much here, but there is a gift for you from Bali, local coffee. Thank you so much for all the valuable advice and education. I've been listening to Motley Fool podcast since twenty ten. I'm listener number eight, and she included a postcard uh, with one of her photographs. She's a photographer. Does land. this is I'm gonna. I'm going to tweet this out on the market fuller feed because this is just a mind-blowing picture uh, from Singapore and she inclu- she also included some candy, some lemongrass candy, plum candy and green tea pumpkin seeds. Thank you very much. I don't know how they taste. I bet they're healthy Abundance though. Abundance of flavor. Yeah, no.
1: Don't forget about Molly Full Singapore. Uh, one of right. our one of our newer franchises out. There. Well not that's newer right. but you know in the grand scheme of things. And the URL
2: uh putting you on the spot. I don't know. So so I, don't just don't know fool, I just know I just know fool. Well, if, you, if you go to fool.com I just and in the fool. menu Ca. over on the left you can link to any of our international yeah. sites. Singapore Australia, e sg. Fool.sg, yeah.
0: I think. Yeah. I'm just checking right now. Uh yeah, fool.sg. There you go. So thank you, Tatiana. Yes. For listening and for the uh, for the photography and the uh, and the snacks, which we'll be breaking into mm-hmm. as soon as we wrap up. So, Most definitely, Jason Moser, Taylor Markman, thanks for being here, guys. Nice, thank you. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So, don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Forty. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.